0: You're listening to the Bible teachings of Reality Church Stockton. For more info, please visit our website at realitystockton.com. I'm just going to continue on, but I'll read 17, 17, 18, 24, 27, 5 through 6, and 27, 17. All from the book of Proverbs. It reads this. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. This is the word of the Lord. All right, thank you guys. I just want to give you guys a little update on our church because you guys have invested in us and you've prayed for us. I was so encouraged by you guys praying for us at 8 a.m., a lot of you, um, while our guys are sleeping, you guys are praying for us. So that's encouragement to my soul. Um, We were rushing to get here. I was telling my guys, hey, we got to get in the car, we got to run, Um, but we are so encouraged. And I just want to tell you some of the things where your money and prayer has gone. So one of the big ones is, Uh, We serve our police officers, about 100 officers, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And one of the cool things about that is we are the only church in the community that does that. And it was just so cool this past year because you guys had invested uh, um, enough money for us to serve police, police officers on Christmas Eve. And normally you just think, hey, we... Uh, This is kind of a pat on the back ministry. You just kind of feed some police officers to say you did it and you move on. But the police officers were so moved on Christmas Eve that one of the officers who had left the church, he was actually um, pursuing ministry at a Presbyterian seminary, said he was so moved that a church would not just be spending time with their family. They they would come to the police station and feed us a meal that he was going to go back to the church. That's awesome. Right there, right there already, your investment is seeing God working in the midst of someone, right? It's not necessarily a conversion right now, but it's someone who's, who's seen the work, the love of a church, and they want to come back, and, they, and they're just so encouraged by that. So I want you to know that it's because of that meal that you guys paid for. A meal goes a long way. And another ministry... I know I'm moving quick, but I just want to make sure I end on time. The other thing is this, is that we partner with the Salvation Army, and we do a homeless ministry. And we are able to, through your funding and your prayers, set up a worship service for about 50 homeless individuals. And at that service, uh, um, three individuals profess belief in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord, Savior, and treasure, and not just from there, we don't just end there because we are high church. We value the local church. We made sure that these individuals committed to a local church. So they didn't commit to our church, but they had a closer church to them, and they committed to joining a local church. So not only did they profess belief in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord, Savior, and treasure, they committed to joining the church in obedience and I heard from one of the pastors that one of them is getting baptized very soon. So that's an encouragement to y'all. Again, thank you, you guys, for, making, uh, for, for not making optional what God has made mandatory in the Great Commission. Thank you for pushing the mission forward. And, and we ask for your continued support and prayers. Um, but just know that... Um, there's just faithful, uh, faithfulness leads to fruitfulness, and we're thankful that God has shown us some of that fruit through your uh, sacrificial giving and support. So thanks again. Now, as we continue um, the, the Proverbs series, I've been able to watch some of the sermons I heard from Matt last week, and I heard Christian's sermon on community, and they've done just a great job on it. But I just want to remind us that the book of Proverbs, is not, they're not absolute truths, meaning they're not promises from God, and they're not necessarily guaranteed truths, but they are general truths that give us helpful advice. Okay, so as we look at the message of friendship seen in Proverbs and the consistency of that message, we try to build a careful conclusion to the main ideas of friendship. Now, they say the average person on Facebook has about 400 friends, And if you have less than that, that means that there's many others who have many more friends on Facebook. But the reality is, is that we live in a world that does not value true friendship. Our world values friends with benefits and oftentimes sexual and romantic Friendships. So on our way up, which I, I want to tell you guys, I don't drive for anyone because I hate driving. So if I have to drive over 30 minutes, it means I love you if I drive over 30 minutes. And we, we drove, I think, six hours to come up to see you guys. But on the way, we uh, stopped by Yosemite, and uh, we had got, got into our, our little hotel, and I had forgotten some baby things, so I went to the nearest Vons to get some of the baby stuff. And I could find everything except for some of the baby soap for for my son Emmett, and because I could not find that item, I I went to one of the people I thought was a worker, and I said, oh, excuse me ma'am, do you know where the baby soap is at? And she said, oh, I actually don't work here, I only do the magazines. And I was like, I was confused. I was like, oh, okay. So she, she literally is the person who comes and, and, and puts out the, the old magazines and puts in the new ones. And that, that got me thinking. I was like, oh, wow. So she has a job literally to just remove the magazines at Vaughn's and bring them back in, uh, bring in the new ones. And I began to look at those topics of what those magazines had said. And it was oftentimes, oh, this person's sleeping with this person, or this person cheated on this person. This person had another uh, child with this person. All of these different topics, we're talking about uh, sexual relationships or friends with benefits, and, and that shows us that our culture cares more about who's sleeping with who than who's friends with who, right? So you just think about that. And even in the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, the culture then—I almost fell off the stage— um, I'm not used to, I'm used to, I'm not used to these bright lights, just so you guys know. We, we worship oftentimes in the park, so this feels like the sun, but I'm like, you know, I'm like trying to, I, I like walking around, but um, just bear with me. Um, know this, our culture values sexual relationships more than they value genuine friendship. So we're going to look at what it means to have meaningful friendship The first point is this, which we get from Proverbs 17, 17. I'm going to read it for you again. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So that means meaningful friendship is grace-driven. Meaningful friendship is grace-driven. Now, we see the contrasting components here in this verse, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. It's kind of strange the way uh, originally when I saw this, I was like, it's kind of strange that they put it like this, but basically it means this. For family, you are born with family, okay? You can't choose family, but they'll be with you through the tough times because there's loyalty there, you're blood related, so there's a sense of responsibility. So if you're going through a tough time, your family will be there for you. That doesn't mean they'll like you but they'll be there for you. And our son Emmett, he's about 17 months now, and and what he's learning very soon, one of the things my wife and I always talked about was when he was in his first six months, he preferred to be with me rather than my wife. And my wife, she took that very hard. She's like, hey, I'm the one who did all the laboring. Your father didn't do nothing. You should be loving me more. But he preferred to be with me. But now the tables have turned because now he he, he doesn't wanna be with me because I discipline him. I overly discipline him. Now I'm the one who's disciplining him. Um, even on this trip, I've done it so much. And something that Emmett's learning is that he can't choose who his father is and who he's who he's um, having bath time with. All this he can't choose. He's been given his father. He's been given me. So he's with me through the thick and thin, whether he likes it or not. But friends, you choose. As the passage says, a friend chooses to love at all times. Well, it says a friend loves at all times, which in turn is saying a friend is choosing to love you at all times. How is that possible? Because of Christ. A friend can only love at all times because of grace. And it's the grace that they have received from Christ that motivates, that's able to even make it possible for us to show grace to our friends at all times. So a friend loves at all times because of the grace they have received from God. Second thing is this, is that meaningful friendship is necessary. Proverbs 18.24 says this, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So meaningful friendship is necessary. So not only should you want a friend, you actually need a friend. And I am probably the most unqualified person to preach these Proverbs because I don't have many friends. But the book of Proverbs tells us that we should value friendship and that we should actually not only want a friend, but that we need a friend. So we need friends who are there for us during the difficult times, right? Family is there for you during the difficult times. We need friends who are there for us during the difficult times. But we also need friends who are there for us during the dull times, during the ordinary times, and through the good times. And yes, because you will be successful and you'll be faithful to God in your life, living out the Great Commission, having a career, getting the education that you wanted, marrying another faithful Christian, things like that. And there will be times for celebration. And the reality is, is in your life, when you see this sort of success, even biblical success, you will have haters. Envy and jealousy are real things. There will be people who give you grief when you are rejoicing. And there will be people who rejoice when you are grieving. That's the reality of it. Is that there are people who will grieve when you rejoice and rejoice when you grieve. And the more meaningless friends you have, the harder it will be to know who those haters are. So be careful how you choose who your friends are. And that's why actually in this passage, it's telling us that yes, we need friends, but we don't need a lot of them, right? But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and it says, a man of many companions may come to ruin. So we don't need a lot of friends, so don't try to just be popular, but realize that we do need some friends, and we need friends that will stick closer than a brother. So choose to be a true, true friend to a few. And another thing that we have to realize in this idea of walking together, a process that we see in Proverbs eighteen is that it's a Hebrew metaphor for friendship. So friends walk together with you. So when you have a friend who's doing life with you through the dull, through the ordinary, through the bad, through the good, they're walking with you. And that's how they stay closer than a brother. So we need a community, as Pastor Christian talked about a few weeks ago, that stays close to us. And there's this quote that a lot of people um, mention when talking about friends is this. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I think that's inconsistency with Proverbs. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Your friends say a lot about who you are, the ones that you choose and the type of friend that you are to those friends. The third thing is this, is that meaningful friendship is transparency and caring rebuke. Meaningful friendship is transparency and caring rebuke. Proverbs 27.5 says this, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Hidden love is contradicting. So my wife kills me with open rebuke. I'm just going to be honest. Like something that I've learned in marriage, and we've only been married two years. We dated a, uh, around four years. One thing I realized is that I'm, I'm almost always wrong, okay? And my wife lets me know it. So it's actually one of the ways that she loves me well. But something that I've learned in marriage is that when there's rebuke, I learn more about myself, and I realize in the moment, like in our first two years of, of marriage and, and planting a church, whenever my wife had rebuked me, I just told her, I came to a point in that two-year mark where I was just like, if you truly love me, don't rebuke me, all right? Just think to it to yourself, don't rebuke me out loud, okay? But one thing I've realized in that is that if she doesn't do that, I don't grow spiritually, so she's not actually a good friend to me. She's someone who's, who's feeding my ego, but it's starving my soul, right? So one thing that I've, I've learned, that even though it's hard, that I actually need open rebuke, and that is actual, true love. So we should be transparent with our friends, and we should have caring rebuke towards them. And caring rebuke, what I mean by that is that the the awesome thing that I know my wife's being faithful in her rebuke is that when she gives rebuke, it hurts her. When there's something that she thinks, man, this is going to hurt my husband, Sam, I know that she cares for me because she's hurting in that same way. So if you're giving rebuke to someone and you're not feeling that pain with them, that is not faithful rebuking. That is not careful and caring rebuke. If you're rebuking someone, you should feel that pain that they're going to experience. And we see that in Proverbs 27, verse 6. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Right? True friends will tell you what you need to hear, even if it hurts. Not what you want to hear. Right? True friends will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Proximity breeds empathy and rapport. So this closeness that the Proverbs is talking about, um, it comes from this open rebuke and this faithfulness of a friend, but it comes because there's proximity. So if you have a friend, you're walking together like we mentioned, and because of the closeness of your relationship, that breeds the empathy and rapport. The fourth thing is this, is that meaningful friendship is two-sided. Proverbs 27:17 says this, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. So, the reality of this is that if we want to have friends, it needs to be two-sided. But the issue is, is that we often want to receive but not give. We want to we but the rea- and the reality is, is that we need to give more than we receive. I think of it like this. A lot of us don't have these meaningful friendships because we aren't willing to be a friend. If we begin to invest and be a meaningful friend to someone, you will at some point begin to get sharpened by that person. And this happens best in a community that has the same core beliefs. So those of you who are a part of, have joined Reality Stockton as a member, you have covenanted with fellow saints under the same covenant, I'm assuming, under the same core beliefs, and that's valuable because you have these things in common. There's a core belief, there's a set of core beliefs that bring you together. And Romans 12.10 says this, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. So this is the only time in scripture, actually, which I think is affirmed in the book of Proverbs, in where scripture tells us to outdo one another, right? We always want to, hey, I want to one-up you. Like, there's nowhere in scripture where we see that except in this passage, where Paul is actually saying, outdo one another, compete with one another in honoring them. So your meaningful friendships, when you have a, a friend who you're getting close to, don't think about, hey, this, I'm investing way more into this person than they are investing into me. Now think about this. Am I outdoing them? in honoring them. That's a competition. Outdo them in competing, in showing honor to them. Again, we don't have friends because we aren't willing to be a friend. We're not willing to be grace-driven. We're not willing to, to understand the necessity of friendship. We're not willing to be transparent We're not willing to have caring rebuke towards one another. So with these four that show us what meaningful friendship is, now we need to understand what meaningless friendship is. And I'm gonna be very concise with this. Meaningless friendship is merit-based and performance-driven. Meaningless friendship is merit-based and performance-driven, which is really ironic because our society is, is based on this. We are a meritocracy. Things are based on merit. How much can you contribute to something? And based on that, you're rewarded, right? It's all about your performance. An example of this would be you saw the things happening in Maui. Well, um, a, a few years ago when the pandemic had, had um, ended... Everyone was, uh, was booking their tickets to Maui, right? Everyone wanted to, to be on those islands and, and, and to enjoy the luxurious lifestyle of, of just uh, sitting on, and seeing clear water and just being a part of that vacation life. Everyone wanted to be in Maui. But now, with all these ca- catastrophic things that are happening in, happening in Maui with the wildfires, people have all of a sudden been like, oh, wait, Maui has nothing to contribute. I'm not going to fly over there. I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to give to it. There's been a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't really care. Like, now Maui cannot contribute to me or help me in any way in giving me a vacation, so I'm not going to invest. I'm not going to be a part of that. Right, and that that can transfer over into our relationships with one another. It's like, oh, this person, yeah, they, they they were really good. They were they were investing in me. They were they were giving me money in times of need. They were praying for me. They were supporting me. Well, well, now they're not able to do those things, and I don't want to invest back into him anymore because there's no value, right? And that is merit based and performance driven. You know what that means? It means that if someone no longer has value, you throw them away. And the book of Proverbs is saying the exact opposite, is that you give more in your friendships rather than try to receive. So realize this, brothers and sisters, you have been faithful and loving on our church. And now as a responsibility that we see in the book of Proverbs is we need to find friends amongst community, so I'm going to encourage you to re-watch Pastor Christian's um, sermon on community and to realize that amongst your community, there should be friends. It goes hand in hand. When you see a community that you value, that you have the same core beliefs or at least similar beliefs with, that you come into covenant with one another, amongst that covenant, it doesn't mean you're best friends with everyone in that covenant because that will lead to, to less deep relationships but amongst your community there should be friendships that are growing there should be investment that's happening and it has to be grace-driven it's grace-driven and remember it's necessary it's not optional book of Proverbs is saying like you actually to live life you need friends so it's necessary but then you have to be grace-driven you have to be transparent and you rebuke one another, that's gonna happen. When you get closer and you become very close friends, because we're all sinners, inherently sinful, we're gonna need rebuke. But remember, rebuker, if you're rebuking someone, then that rebuke should hurt you just as much as it hurts that friend. Remember, that wound will heal. So it says, man, those words from a friend, they are gonna give wounds, but those wounds will heal. And then what we just talked about, that friendship, meaningful friendship is two-sided, right? So you aren't just on the receiving end, but now you pour in to your friends. So I want to challenge you to do that. But the reality is, in all of this, right, reality stocked in, the reality is, is that meaningful friendship, according to the book of Proverbs, is hard. Friendship is hard. That's the reality of it. And it's harder than we want it to be. And oftentimes we will fail in our friendships. It's gonna happen. If it hasn't happened already, it's going to happen. You're gonna have friends who you thought were true friends who ended up not being real friends. You're gonna be hurt, you're, you're, you may be on the other side of it. You may not be a faithful friend to someone else. But the awesome thing about this is we point to our savior, Jesus Christ who was the perfect, meaningful friend. Jesus is the one who saw your condition, my condition, and he said, man, you are a wretched sinner who has nothing to offer to me. And yet I, and yet God will send his one and only son to die for you, to be on your level, to be in relationship to be your friend, even though he's out of your class, that God would send Jesus to come down and to be with you? So are you willing to experience this sort of grace that you've received through the cross and to be a meaningful friend to someone else in your community? Christ is the one who gave you hope when you were hopeless. Christ was the one who gave you love when you were unlovely. Christ is the one who gave you grace when you were ungraceful. Christ is the one who loved you when you were unlovable. So are you able to be that to your friends or to your soon-to-be friends? Are you able to invest into people knowing that, man, this person is hard to love, but Christ loved me when I was unlovable, when I was unlovely. So I'm able to love this person. So in that light, when you do have conflict arise from your meaningful friendships, can you forgive? Christ forgave you when you were unforgivable. So let's forgive other people when we think they're unforgivable. May Christ be magnified in our imperfect relationships. This community, as great as you guys are and seeing your, your prayers and, and your investment into us, I know that this community here is not perfect, but we serve a perfect Christ who, have came, who came down to be in perfect relationship with us, to repair the broken relationship. He modeled that for us. Now the question is, Christian, how are you modeling that for others? Will people come into this church building And when they see your relationships, will they know, hey, man, that looks like Christ's relationship with them. The relationships that you have with other human beings, that looks like what Christ did for the church. We have a reputation. We need friends that are necessary for us, but we need to be faithful friends to one another. And to be faithful is to model humility and to model what Christ did on the cross, how Humiliating it was for Christ to die on the cross for people who were wretched sinners in need of a savior to provide that need and to be in relationship with us. That should motivate us to go out into the community and model it amongst this group, this church, that we model it for our people, for our people and for the outsiders, that we show them what meaningful friendship is let us outdo one another in showing honor. And may that be modeled in the way you're intentional about building relationships, not with just people who look like you, act like you, vote like you. Right? But remember, everyone is made in the image of God. Choose, some, choose amongst this community to build meaningful friendships let's pray Lord we thank you for this time that you've given